still can't come in. Well, that's not what a friend of mine told me. Maybe you know him. His name is Abraham. You don't know. What about his two friends? George Washington and George Washington. Let's not forget the other boy in the band. George Washington. He's a little lonely. Wants to join his buddies. And look who else we got. Uh, Roosevelt. Welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Tonight is January 6th, 2022. Sounds so weird saying out loud, 2022, but this is the off season, aka dynasty season. We are your hosts, Tom and Sam. Sam, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. This is our first show of the officially the first show of the off season. So that that's usually where you and I kind of hit our stride. And I think in the past we've put out shows weekly. So you and I both have a lot of stuff going on. Um, so we'll see if we can hold up that standard. But yeah, we had a lot of good uh, guests last year and we were able to put together a lot of those leagues. But I, I will be honest with the week 17 championship and all the COVID, it, it felt a little anticlimactic. Of, of all my leagues, I did get to win one league, um, but it just kind of felt like something was missing this season. I don't know if you felt that way. Yeah, I uh, I had a lot of injuries this this year, um, starting with the preseason with with Dobbins and, and Acres. Um, so I, I kind of knew this wasn't going to be my year. So I've I've already been kind of looking forward to 2022. But um, I think the 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 champions this year they they might have to add that asterisk to the the uh, the trophy because most teams were not anywhere close to full strength. But we all had to deal with uh, the same issues. So um, I I can say for for my teams I I didn't win. I won one championship this year, but for the most part, I got a lot of third place and one toilet bowls with uh, Boston Scott. So that was uh, a, a a player that helped uh, redeem my uh, my 2021 season. Nice, yeah, he, he was part of my uh, one championship team too. So yeah, appreciate that, Boston Scott. Well, what do we got going on tonight? Well, before we hop into some uh, some players and dynasty discussion, I just want to give a uh, thank you to all of our league participants this past year um in in the, in the past we've only had a handful of these charity leagues but in 2021 we did have 12 charity leagues total this season so that included our dynasty leagues season long best ball and of course guillotine leagues we raised over 3200 dollars for charities amongst these leagues and if uh if you'd like to see who the winners are um, or the charities that we donated to or how much we donated to these charities, um, check out the, the Wall of Fame page on superduperflexpros.com. In the past, we've, we've uh, um, congratulated every winner individually, but with, uh, with 12 teams now, um, it's, it's just a lot easier for us just to put it on the website. So go check that out. If you, if you won one of our leagues, you can see your, uh, your sleeper name on there and uh, where, where the money went to. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you putting that up. And yeah, once you're on the wall of fame, it's never coming down. And uh, the next piece of business that I need to talk about, one of the uh, rookie episodes that I did earlier this season with Nick, I told him that I guarantee Rashad Bateman will have a better season than Kadarius Tony in their, their rookie seasons. And if Kadarius Tony somehow has a better season than Rashad Bateman, I would get a tattoo of Kadarius Tony on my body somewhere. And after 15 weeks, Bateman finally surpassed Tony and is currently ahead of him by 14.4 points. 
So Rashad Bateman is wide receiver 68, and Kadarius Tony is wide receiver 81. I currently have the appointment at Twin Cities, Inc. this Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. I put down a non-refundable deposit, which I'm okay with giving up, as long as Tony doesn't outscore Bateman by 15 points on Sunday. So if, uh, if Tony comes out and has another monster game like what he did against Dallas, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in trouble on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say probably a two touchdown game from Tony is what's going to do it. So I'll be keeping an eye on a game that I otherwise would not have been paying much attention to. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be crossing my fingers for a Bateman touchdown um, early in the game just to kind of give me, give me that buffer, but that is half point PPR uh, points for, for anybody who's, who's keeping track and and wants to see me get this uh, Kadarius Tony tattoo. But uh, currently right now is the, the time of year when everyone's starting to get excited and rightfully so about gathering all those rookie picks. So with that being said, Sam, is there a, a player that you're trading for? Uh, one player that I am trading for, um, I even if I have a late second, I think I'd be okay giving that up. Otherwise, um, a third. But um, we had a listener he submit a question through Twitter. So um, at Scott Mundy one on Twitter, he reached out to me. And so he said, talk to me here. I've got Kylan Granson in my 20 team dynasty league. Am I sitting on gold? Uh, who do you see him comparable to in a few years? Uh, so Kylan Granson, if he, we're, I'm not super active on Twitter, but I, I believe my name on there is draft Kylan Granson last year. My Twitter name was draft Harrison Bryant. Uh, who he's he's been looking really good and he could be extremely relevant depending on how things shake out with their tight end position uh, going into this next season. Uh, but so I appreciate the question, Scott, and uh, I responded to him. I let him know that on the tight ends matter model, he has a, a rating really comparable to Trey Burton, who, if you remember back in the day, five, six years ago, he was supposed to be the next Zach Ertz um, and then Josh Oliver and Tyler Croft. So, uh, who I, I saw him comparable to is his 9.6 yards per catch uh, this season on really limited volume is, is pretty comparable to Irv Smith Jr.'s rookie season. But the only difference is we actually saw Irv Smith, especially towards the end of his rookie season, he was getting over 80% of the snaps where Kylan Granson, um, I, I had to double check these numbers, but he's just hovering around like 20%. Like he was really doing between 20 to 40% of the snaps, but most of the time he was under that 25% mark, but he was still getting, Kylan Granson was getting one or two targets per game. So uh, if if you look back on Super Duper Flex Bros, uh, we had an article about uh, Tyler, or um, sorry, TJ Hawkinson on why he should be a, a dynasty buy, even if you had to pay up this last off season, because um, for context, Hawkinson was getting, I want to say, only six targets per game. And if if we see Granson's um, snap percentage go up, I think he could easily kind of start to get four, five, six targets a game um, And if he gets a little bit more involved in the offense. So long-term, I actually think he has the ceiling of like a Kyle Rudolph producer. If, if you watch any of Granson's film, you'll see uh, he just has really nice hands, especially in the red zone. So I think he, he's going to be a future playmaker. Um, yeah, and so if, if, if uh, you're rostering him in a 20-man league um, like Scott is, I'd say definitely hold on to him. But in these 14-man leagues that you and I manage or 16-man leagues, 
uh, I'd be more than comfortable giving up a, a mid to late second. And then if, if you really need um, that depth, I'm okay holding Granson as your third tight end. Yeah, I, I like the call. This this is the, the point of uh, uh, tight ends careers when you, you really got to uh, take that shot if, if they're not already on your roster and um, give give up a pick that's worth worth any kind of value to just to get that that player moved onto your, your roster. So it looks like he's currently um, valued valued as the uh, tight end fifty one in dynasty, but um, I believe Mo Ali Cox isn't under contract next season. So we we really haven't seen a productive tight end since Eric Ebron for them. Uh, looking at Mo Ali Cox's finish uh, finishes since Ebron left, he finished as uh, tight end. 29 in 2020 and then this past season he finished as tight end 30 um so i i, I don't i don't think there's any any reason to think that mo alley cox would be the the starter um for uh for fantasy purposes next season for no i i'm for glad you mentioned i'm glad you mentioned mo alley cox so this last off season people were digging deep for a tight end sleeper and they were asking for mo alley cox so this year they're going to be asking for less Ali Cox and they're going to be asking for more Kylan Granson. Uh, you know, you know, I Jordan love that. <laughs> All right, let's, let's keep moving. <laughs> All right. So the, uh, the player that I'm, I'm currently trading for is uh, the quarterback 13 on the 2021 season. In 16 games, he has 26 passing touchdowns and only six interceptions. He only has one rushing touchdown so far this season, but he did have five in 2020. And in 2017, in only 13 games played, he was quarterback five at the end of the season. Do you know which quarterback I'm talking about? Uh, it sounds like Baker Mayfield, but I don't think he's had that good of a season. So who are we talking about? It, it's not Baker, but it's another another quarterback that is looked at as being a, a gross option in Dynasty right now, and, and that's Carson Wentz. So we've seen every rookie quarterback except for Mac Jones struggle most of the season. So if I'm one quarterback away from making a push for that championship in 2022, I'm trading that first-round pick for Carson Wentz. They'll be going into year two of the Colts system. Their wide receiver core can really only get better after this season. And he's still only 29 years old. Um, Ryan Tannehill is 33 and still stringing together QB1 games in Tennessee. So I think uh, one more one more year in the system with the Colts. Um, it, and, and Carson Wentz was coming off that ankle surgery basically during preseason to open up the season. So he's not even playing 100% healthy. So I, th- I think Wentz is basically at the lowest that he's going to be in the foreseeable future right now. So... If if uh, if you offered a top five or top six rookie pick for Carson Wentz, I think the the, the Wentz owner would um, accept that deal immediately without um, hesitating. But I, I think I think a late first can can probably still get it done. Yeah, I would think a late first for sure. I think you're giving up too much if it's a top six pick. So, but he, I I like the points that you made. So if if you're making that move, I think you could ask for a second or a future second in return or, or maybe, maybe flip flop a, a different player in that deal. But yeah, it's not, not a horrible call. Uh, when you, when you compare what some of these younger quarterbacks have done and then, um, Wentz, Wentz looks like he's the future for the Colts. Yep. And, uh, in 2020, when he had that 
horrible season with the Eagles when when it was um, basically all, all but decided that his career was going to be done there when he started in 12 games. Um, he still finished the season as quarterback 22. And in 2019, um, his last full healthy season when he played 16 games, um, he finished as as quarterback 12. So seeing him finish as quarterback 12 three years ago and then finish, or I, I guess the season isn't done yet, but being currently quarterback 13 right outside of that that QB1 territory. I'm uh, I'm starting to believe that Carson Wentz is going to be the future of this team. Um, I see here on the show sheet, your next question is about tight ends, of course, and who who uh, we think the tight end one is in Dynasty. So let me ask you first, uh, how, would, how would you rank these top five or six guys? Just just quick off the top of your head. Well, I, I, I was kind of hoping that you would go first, but <laughs> I, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll answer because I think, I think it's a little bit of a, of a trick question right now of who, who you want. Um, so if you're, if you're currently in the middle of a uh, dynasty league, that has been around for a handful of years and you're, you're one of those teams competing. I think it is Mark Andrews without a question. Um, just seeing how productive he's been on, on the field with, quarterbacks not named Lamar Jackson that his his floor is so high and obviously his ceiling is um is tight end one um each and every week and finishing this season as the tight end one so um if it's if it's going going out and uh trying to compete for the championship this year or in the 2022 season I think it's it's got to be Mark Andrews and if if it's a startup or if I'm rebuilding then I think it's Pitts just with that that age difference and how highway he was he was uh, um, taken in the uh, in this previous draft by the Falcons. So um, you won't you won't listen to a podcast that's higher on on Kyle Pitts. But um, I, I don't know. Do you think uh, uh, Pitts is is uh, currently the the tight end one? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Andrews. Uh, we, we had a quick little conversation about this in uh, one of our dynasty startups in the in the league chat. Unfortunately, it was Monday morning, so trying to get some work done too so couldn't go too deep into into the uh conversation but yeah if you want to say andrews or pitts i think they're both neck and neck because uh, you could look at it let's say pitts as he as he continues to develop and see whatever happens with his quarterback maybe he continues to end as tight end three four five on the season which is great let's say that happens in the next five years and then if andrews cl- closes out the season as tight end one the next four or five years and then he starts to dip while uh, Pitts is 26 or 12, 27 years old at that point. And then if he's hitting his stride, he's the one. And so they kind of flip-flop. Who, who, who cares? If, if you've got one of those top two guys, in my opinion, uh, that's going to be a huge difference maker. It, but Kelsey, in my opinion, he's still not that far behind them. So he's definitely older. But, I mean, he could... If he if you told me he finishes the next three years as tight end one, I'm not going to be surprised at all. So we we can name all the older tight ends that have done it. Uh, he's just a different monster, and he doesn't take those unnecessary hits like we've seen Gronk do in the past. So if I had to rank them, uh, just real quick without any stats or anything, just how, how I'm feeling today in 2022, I'd go Andrews, Pitts, uh, Kelsey, and then I actually prefer Hawkinson over Kittle. Um, and then, so I'd go Kittle, uh, number five, and then Waller there at the end. So, uh, if, if you want to see my love for Hawkinson, you can go to superduperflexbros.com, uh, click on the tight ends matter, and you can see the article that I wrote last season that kind of spells out 
why we think Hawkinson's going to be amazing for such a long time. And before he, before he got banged up and the season was kind of lost, so they put him on IR, he, Hawkinson was doing exactly what we thought he would do. And especially at the very start of the season, uh, bear with me as I pull up the stats quick, uh, but I want to say I think he was tight end one for a couple of weeks. So looking at his game log, he put up just a, a respectable 8 of 11 for 97 yards and a touchdown, followed that up with 8 of 9 for 66 yards and a touchdown. Um had a, had a couple of okay games, and then he had another um, 8 of 11, 6 of 9, and 10 of 11. So essentially, as long as he gets the volume, he's going to be good. And then those final games he played before his injury, he had a touchdown in both of those. So he's a monster. He's 24. Uh, we might be talking about him being tied with uh, Andrews and Pitts as the tight end one next season. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with with everything that, that you're saying with, with these tight ends. And when, when you're building the, these dynasty rosters, it, I think it's okay to have a productive struggle for one or two seasons when you're, when you're trying to, to rebuild and get that youth and, uh, and uh, future draft capital. But if you're, tr- if you're planning for uh, five years down the road or 10 years down the road, which I, I hope nobody would ever be wanting to invest money for, for 10 years and, and not actually make a, a run at the championship, then, uh, we should really only be looking at these tight ends in like two to three year windows, and it, and actually that that kind of goes for for most players. So, um, if you're if you're so much high, if you have a league mate that's so much higher on Kyle Pitts versus Kittle or Mark Andrews or Kelsey, and that that person is willing to package any of those tight ends with another valuable piece or a um, a top draft or um, rookie pick, then then I'd, I'd be willing to to make that that trade, and I'd. I'm guessing you're you're kind of on board with that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it too. Yeah, we we talked with with Nick um, on our previous show about who's the wide receiver one in Dynasty right now. Is it Jamar Chase? Is it C.D. Lamb? Justin Jefferson? Um, A.J. Brown? And and actually, after I I said A.J. Brown's going to come back from from injury and and have have an amazing game, he sure enough he did. So um, like like with the tight ends, it that's that's uh, kind of a cheat code in dynasty. If, if, if you can get somebody who falls in love with a player and they're willing to overpay, then that's, that's something that um, I would be, I'd be doing 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I'm with you there. All right. Time to start prepping for those uh, 2022 rookie drafts. So I, I kind of put together a little outline of, of what I do for um, my, my drafts or, or what, what I'm evaluating players, but, uh, my goal for my rookie picks is always to minimize risk, maximize uh, maximize return on investment. So um, for everybody out there that hasn't put together their own rookie rankings, I would highly recommend doing that before the NFL draft so that you have something to refer to. Otherwise, um, you might end up drafting a player like Henry Ruggs um, because you saw him get, get drafted so much earlier, even though um, the dynasty community uh, relatively was – was pretty low on him um he was he was he was always seen as being just that uh that speed receiver but there there were drafts that that you and i were in where we saw uh henry ruggs get taken um before uh justin jefferson or or t higgins and um obviously this was all before the uh uh, henry ruggs um incident earlier where his his career is now uh, most likely over but 
the point being that if you, if you can make this list before the actual NFL draft occurs, then um, you'll you'll kind of know where you, you might be a little too high on some players and also uh, too low on some players. So um, before this past 2021 NFL draft, when I came up with my own rankings, I actually had Seth Williams as my wide receiver six going at the 2.03. So Seth Williams came in at uh, 6'3", 215 pounds, making acrobatic grabs in the end zone. I thought he'd be a day two pick in the NFL for sure. Um, however, after he fell to the sixth round and went to the Broncos and um, projected to be behind Portland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Albert O and Noah Fant, um, naturally I needed to move him down my rankings because I knew there was basically slim to zero chance of him getting on the field. And actually after um, we saw Sutton, Judy and Hamler all have injuries at different points this season and Seth Williams um, didn't didn't see see the field much at all this season. Um, I, I guess he's probably looking at closer to being being a bust as far as his uh, his value in dynasty. So I still have him stashed on taxi squads. Um, but if I would have kept him at the at the two point oh three and taken him over receivers like Elijah Moore or Rondell Moore, that would have been a waste of that pick. Um, so when I went back to our uh, twenty twenty one rookie rankings uh, running back episode from last year. I don't know if you, if you've gone back and listened to that, Sam, but uh, oh. we, we had, we had some, some pretty good takes. Um, Jay Van Hawkins was a, a, a top 10 running back prospect. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I pointed out that, uh, that when I watched the tape, you can see that his offensive line was just creating massive holes for him to hit. So he was either um, getting past that, uh, that linebacker that, that was getting blocked by the, uh, by the fullback. And uh, there just really wasn't anybody there to stop him. So that's why he was taking these um, these carries to the house right away. But if, if you watched him when he when he was getting um, tackled by a defender, you didn't really ever see him break any any tackles or or do anything too special in the backfield. So I was saying to stay away from from JV and Hawkins and um, maybe he still has an opportunity to, to make an impact on a team. But. Um, he, he was not a player that I was taking in the in the third or fourth round of these these rookie drafts. Um, so I, I was saying that he's probably going to be more like Justice Hill. So I get a lot of things wrong, but I feel like that was a player that, that I got right. But one of the most interesting predictions from that show, and, and, and everybody, you can go back and, and listen to that. It's uh, I believe it's called 2021 Running Backs A New Hope. Um, Sam, you actually predicted that Kylan Hill would go to a team like the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> stick, stick, stick around on the practice squad and possibly become a committee back with AJ Dillon in a couple of years. So that can still happen. Yeah, I I love that. I yeah, talk about getting lucky one one out of thirty two. Um, but yeah, we've we've seen Hill with very limited touches. Uh, but I I think it was in the preseason he was catching balls from uh, Love. I think he had a touchdown or two. So yeah, we could see him do something, but not not as long as Aaron Jones is there and AJ Dillon. They they like that matchup too much but that that's what makes kind of putting those lists together um for yourself before you go out and look at other people's rankings and and watch too many draft shows because you're you're gonna kind of be influenced by by what you hear but yeah if you kind of start to put together a little bit of a list uh it's it's really fun it's it's great to see those those horrible takes i know uh back in oh when when was it 2018 or 2019 but uh the wide receivers i think AJ Brown was my my favorite rookie uh, receiver coming in, so I had, had a lot of fun notes on that. And then my 
My second favorite was Andy Isabella. I thought he was going to be um, the next Brandon Cooks. So it's fun to see uh, the takes that you hit and then the ones that you really miss on. So, yeah, I, I love it. So appreciate the shout out on Kylan Hill. And, hey, maybe in 2024 we see him in a committee with A.J. Dillon. Yeah, and I think there's a, there's a lot of politics that went went behind why why Kylan Hill, um, just just with how he, he ended his his career at uh, Mississippi State, um, was was why he he uh, fell so far um, below in the draft. So if if he was drafted in uh, in Dynasty, he's definitely somebody I'm I'm picking up and stashing on my taxi squad or keeping at the, at the end of the bench if he's still there. Um, but to, uh, going back to that watching the tape on on Javian Hawkins, I would say that when you're creating your own uh, rookie rankings, uh, obviously you can go and you can look at the stats, and, and the stats um, don't don't lie. Like n- numbers don't lie, so you you can see that that a running back can can average six and a half or seven yards per carry. But I would say take those numbers and then look um, and watch watch the tape. I, all I do is I go on YouTube and I watch the tape of, of the, these players. There's, there's so many um, great fans out there that put these together. So I don't, I, I, I wish I, I knew some of the, the names of them off the top of my head. So I could give them a shout out, but um, just see if when this player is making a, a big play in the backfield or as a receiver, just look and see if the, if the defense actually ever had a chance to stop this guy and if he breaks a tackle or if he makes a move to make the guy miss, or, or is this just another case of it being a, a JV and Hawkins of, of the offensive line or the quarterback making a, a special play. So then it, it leaves the running back wide open to, you know, take a 60 or 70 yard touch all the way to the house. So um, that's, that's kind of my, my uh, uh, bare minimum thing that things that I'm looking for when it, when it comes to, to running back prospects so yeah no yeah I, I love it it's fun to just do that even if you just do it during a lunch break sometime or something you you don't have to do a deep dive and find the i don't know the the uh i guess average top ranked rookies and spend five hours investing in film but yeah even even back in the day watching watching highlights of hollywood brown before he came in to the NFL, just, just stuff like that. You get to see those big plays and then you can dream of what they might look like in the NFL. And yeah, you, you got to call your shots. I think that's something we always stress too with the players that you like. And if you miss, Hey, the, the only person paying the price is you. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, like, like I said, I, I certainly get, get these things right. So I'm not just putting this show together to try to give myself uh, a pat on the back at all. So I, I, I had uh, Chuba Hubbard as my, my RB five, uh, that was that was definitely too low with um, what we've seen some of the the uh, other running backs from this class do. But uh, one guy that I that I just fell in love with watching the tape at, after seeing his stats was uh, Jarrett Patterson. And, and I know I know I've been kind of doing some victory laps in some of our, our dynasty leagues with with Jarrett Patterson. But um, if if he's available in any of your leagues out on, on the waiver wire, I would certainly add him for next season. Um, I think JD McKissick. Um, after sustaining that um, pretty uh, significant injury, uh, I think that was about a month ago now in the, the game against Seattle. Um, I think this is going to turn into more of a, uh, a three-back committee. So I think Jared Patterson has uh, proven after this last weekend as, as the starting running back that he um, had, had, th- there's a place for him in the NFL. So th- that was a guy that I was kind of beating the drum for 
all season long. And, and when you watch the tape, he was, he was pushing the pile. He was falling down for extra yardage and you, you get, you could really see that there, there's something special about him. So, um, and that's, that's the, the best part of, of, uh, of doing your own rankings too. And he, you know, you don't have to post them online or anything, but I did, I did say that Jared Patterson is a, um, is a, more compact version of, of AJ Dillon. And I'm, I'm still sticking with that. I think, I think AJ or Jared Patterson still has the opportunity to someday to be like a top 30 or top 35 running back in dynasty. So go out and offer up a third for Jared Patterson and he'll be putting up solid RB2 numbers for you next season. Well, we can talk all night about our, our previous rankings, but do you want to jump into a, a couple of the guys that you're excited about coming into this 2022 season? Absolutely. So we've got our uh, our first three players that uh, I'll be posting on the website later tonight. Um, I'll I'll be updating this ranking these uh, these rankings throughout um, the off season, and we'll be doing um, shows each each week to release our uh, our next rankings. So our early top three 2022 superflex rankings, and I'm 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 reminding the listeners that these are superflex rankings because. Spoiler alert, there is not a quarterback in, in the, the top three pick this year. Yeah, that's uh that's disappointing to hear, but I think a lot of us have heard at this point. And yeah, we're seeing some guys kind of scrambling to see what uh, feelers they can put out to get that second or third quarterback in super flex leagues. And hey, if you gotta pay up, I think that's okay to do it right now because once this really hits, it, you're just gonna be paying up even more. So Trading that mid to late first for Carson Wentz—that's probably going to look like a steal um, once rookie drafts come along. Absolutely. So, without further ado, our 1.01 rookie this season is going to be Brees Hall, coming out of Iowa State. He's first team All-American in 2020, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2020, first team true freshman All-American in 2019. Heisman Trophy top six in 2020, the first player with 75 plus yards and a rushing touchdown in 12 games since Ladanian Tomlinson. And uh, by the way, eight of those 12 games, he had multiple touchdowns. He was responsible for 34.9% of Iowa State scoring. Brees Hall is going to be an every down back for, from day one. So uh, my, my ideal landing spot for Brees Hall would be um, to get drafted in the late first round by Miami. So Miami currently does not have their own first round pick, but it's looking like the 49ers are going to end up with um, a, a late first round pick that, uh, that Miami has. So um, we saw uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers take Najee Harris and um, he, he, he was used. Um, I, I, I should, I should go back and see what percentage, but I believe Najee has been in uh that the offense for over ninety percent of the snaps of the season, and he he's the the type of running back that the uh, Miami Dolphins really need because uh, much like Pittsburgh, Miami's offensive line has been a problem um, for the past couple of seasons. So if, if they can spend that first round pick and get get a running back um, to help block for the, those passing plays and give to us some more time, I, I think that he's he's a guy that could go um, and and get twenty carries per game. Um, five plus receptions, and then, like I said, be, be in there for um, passing down or uh, for, for blocking work as well. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean Miami. That's been a dream spot for a few seasons now, so I, I'm not gonna wish for that too much. If anything, I could see them going out and uh, giving 
a, a little two-year deal to Melvin Gordon and squeezing out his production. But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see a couple more uh, impactful three-down running backs coming in. So I'm with you. Uh, as of now, with Brees Hall as the 101. All right, moving on to our 1.02. We've got Isaiah Spiller. So he is uh, also a running back that uh, is coming out of Texas A&M. So I see Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller in a similar light as Najee Harris in Travis ETN this season, where I, I could see somebody making an argument for either running back. Personally, I've been excited about Brees Hall um, coming out for the, the past two seasons now. Um, so I've, I've, I've kind of been uh, narrowing in on, on, on Brees Hall. But if, if somebody wants to make the argument that is it Isaiah Spiller is going to be the, the better running back, then um, I'll, I'll listen to that. But the, the leagues that I have, the, the 1.01 in, um, it's going to be pretty hard to, to get me off of, off of Brees Hall. But in, in all three seasons at Texas A&M, Spiller has averaged over 5.7 yards per carry over 1,200 yards from scrimmage, and at least seven touchdowns every season. Uh, Isaiah is doing this for more than just himself. He is living out his father's dream of, of being in the NFL. Fred Spiller, Isaiah's father, was recruited to play tight end at Texas A&M, but after surgery to repair a herniated disc his uh, freshman season, doctors told Fred he should hang up his cleats. When Isaiah was eight years old, he played his first game and took his very first carry for, for an 80-yard touchdown. Since then, his father has had Isaiah working with Rashad Whitfield, known in the football community as the Footwork King. Whitfield has worked with Richard Sherman, Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Hopkins, Melvin Gordon, and ODB. Um, in interviews, Whitfield has said Spiller is, go is going to be the next Bell. He has the same patience, instinct, knows exactly where to go and is, is a good receiver. Yeah. Being, being uh titled the, the next bell. I mean, that's, you're talking ceiling there. If you remember Le'Veon Bell in his prime or that's, that's kind of comparing someone to Todd Gurley in his prime when he was the number one running back for a number of years. But uh, I'm actually watching a little bit of tape on him right now. Uh, and it, he really reminds me when, uh, when Josh Jacobs was coming in and he was the consensus one Oh one, uh, you can see that he's he's a very uh, capable pass catcher, and then uh, it looks like he's a pretty good downhill runner too. So I don't see it like top top five speed or anything like that. But I think he's one of those running backs that an offense might decide to bring in, and uh, just because because they've struggled at that uh, that position for a while. So do, what was your prediction of, or where do you think he might go? Well, it. it you and I must be twins because when I looked at his, his measurables and his metrics, I actually saw more of uh, of Josh Jacobs than than Le'Veon Bell myself. So uh, it, clearly, Le'Veon Bell has the, the the higher ceiling. So that that's very generous of Whitfield to to say that he could be a uh, uh, potential future Hall of Fame running back. My projected landing spot for Isaiah Spiller um, would be the the Buffalo Bills. I know we've all dreamed of. Um, the uh, the Bills either trading for uh, an elite running back or, or drafting one, but after they uh, they were really trying to force Zach Moss to be their their RB one, and they had to settle and, and go back to uh, Singletary. So we'll see how far the Bills make it in the uh, the run for for another Super Bowl this year. But I think with, with them having a late pick and and knowing that they have a solid core of receivers um, signed right now to, to help. Um, Josh Allen and the the emergence of, of Dawson Knox. Running back is really the one position that they've 
kind of been hurting at for years. So I think that'd be a, a dream scenario. And um, honestly, if, if that was the, the, uh, the situation that ended up happening, I, I think uh, you, you would see Isaiah Spiller um, shoot up ahead of Bruce Hall for, uh, for most rankings. Well, then you could uh, go ahead and you could grab your CJ Spiller jersey um, from what the, the earlier late uh, 2000s. And because we had the Spiller Buffalo Bills jersey back then too. So I would love to see that landing spot. Um, unfortunately, I think... Devin Singletary is just starting to find his way up at the right time, so that might cause some hesitation. But, hey, we've seen running backs drop to the second or third round, and uh, and we've always been shocked as a fantasy community. But it just kind of depends on what these teams think about these incoming running backs. So I, I wouldn't see him going in the first or second to Buffalo. Um, but, hey, stranger things have happened, and I'd, I would definitely love to see that uh landing spot but who do yeah. you have at the 103 yeah it's interesting that that you uh that, that you you bring that up about singletary because we saw philip Lindsay be so productive every time he got the opportunity in, in denver but for, for whatever reason they they just were not happy with him being the starter and that they, they uh they, they don't want to stick with him so that that's that's the reason why i'm i'm thinking the bills are gonna try to upgrade from singletary but he's he's definitely been impressive uh, we're not we're not here to talk about Devin Singleton, Devin Singletary tonight. We're uh, we're here to to talk about the 1.03, which is Traylon Burks. Um, Traylon Burks, uh, wide receiver out of Arkansas, excellent separator, plays snaps at running back, wins 50-50 balls. Um, honestly, what what more could you ask out of uh, out of for for a receiver? Burks comes into the league at 6'3", 225 for reference. Uh, Julio Jones came in. <clears throat> At 6'3", 220, and Burks has the speed to, to go along with the size. In three seasons at Arkansas, Burks averaged 4.6 receptions and 75.6 yards per game. The most impressive part of Burks' college career is that he did all of this as a Razorback. He never had the opportunity, opportunity to play at an elite school or with future first-round prospect quarterbacks like Justin Fields, Mac Jones, or, or Trevor Lawrence. If you watch the tape, You'll be amazed with the bad targets that he turns into receptions. With hands measuring at 10 and a quarter inch, uh, Burks will be able to come down with the ball no matter who it is that's throwing the ball to him. Amari Cooper, for reference, has 10-inch hands, and Cortland Sutton has um, 9 and 3-quarter inch hands. So uh, Burks is actually projected to have the biggest hands of the receivers um, this uh, this 2022 class. So for his glove size is uh, is 5XL. Wow, that that's amazing. Hopefully, that that translates to production. I know there are a lot of concerns about Joe Burrow's size of his hands at at quarterback, and I think that's kind of been put to bed now. So, but he, yeah, I think uh, I think Hopkins is known for having some pretty big hands too. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, he, once again, I'm I'm uh, just watching some film on on him right now as you uh, kind of give your analysis. And yeah, I I I think he could be plugged in as a one somewhere so he my only hesitation is a lot of these plays that he's making it really reminds me of when Jalen Rager was coming in where it looked like hey he's he's making a lot of moves uh with not a very good quarterback um so obviously I hope that that's not what's in his future um next time we do our show I'll definitely do a little bit more um analysis on this but yeah I I'm 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 a little nervous right now, Tom. If I have the 103, and Burks is there, 
should I try to trade him for uh, a known asset right now, like a, like a Jerry Judy or uh, a wide receiver that might not have totally hit their stride yet, or should I should I go for Burks? I'm I'm, I'm taking Burks. I I, th- I think Burks will uh, be a, a top fifteen receiver in dynasty after the uh, the 2022 season. So um, we we mentioned er, him earlier tonight, but I I, I see his, his uh, ceiling being close to, to AJ Brown, where um, what he was able to do with with limited targets, um, being on a uh, um, unimpressive offense. But it, it it it's just amazing seeing what what he was able to do. So one of, one of the college games that I was uh, most excited for watching this season was watching uh, Traylon Burks against Alabama. In in that game, Alabama knew that 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 was the one guy that they needed to guard on offense. Um, and he still finished the game with eight receptions for 179 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, it, 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 against Alabama, against the, the closest thing to an NFL team. He was he was able to put up those uh, those monster numbers and uh, break tackles and take it to the house. So um, he, he he's a, as close um, to a close the uh, a sure thing. Uh, there's another receiver that we'll be talking about on the next show at the 1.04, who I'm I'm uh, just as confident about. But seeing seeing what uh, Traylon Burks w- was able to do in, in his college career, I'm I'm very confident that he's going to be a hit in the NFL. Well, I know we didn't have this prepared on the show, but you you are the Minnesota Gophers guy. Do we have any Gophers coming into this draft that you know of that we should be uh, interested to learn a little bit more in the pre-draft process? Not not on offense. We um, all the receivers, um, their their top running back, uh, Mo Ibram, and their uh, their quarterback are all going to be returning for their um, their. Uh, senior or super se- uh, super senior season. Okay, good to know. Yep. But my ideal landing spot for Traylon Burks is uh, the New Orleans Saints. It looks like they're going to end up having um, a top 15 pick. So Marcus Callaway didn't live up to the hype when he was wearing that number one jersey this season in New Orleans. And Michael Thomas has all but played his last game as a Saint. So um, I think he could go there, get 80 to 100 targets, and uh, and and take over as the uh, the wide receiver one immediately. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see the Saints have a new a new wide receiver relevance because it's been it's been a tough year or two at that position for them. It was it was really difficult to uh, stop at just three players tonight, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But um, like I said, I'll be adding these rankings to the the, the website. So if you want to go to superduperflexbros.com, we'll be adding that the the, uh, the twenty twenty two rookie rankings and slowly releasing our uh our, our favorites so um also along with the the website i just want to mention that we still have three spots available in our 14 man uh startup for uh for dynasty so it's a hundred dollars to play seven hundred dollars goes to um the charity of the winner's choice and we also have five spots available in our clyde edwards alaire guillotine league so um th- that guillotine league it's twenty dollars to play and the winner gets a uh, signed authentic CEH jersey, and $50 will be going to um, MDA for the uh, Muscular Dystrophy Association. Yeah, and for that 14-man um, dynasty startup, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I, during the uh, beginning of the pandemic, I joined too many startups. Uh, we're seeing a, a few people hopping out of these leagues now that the season's over, um, and that and that's totally fine. Uh, it, it's always fun to 
bring on new owners. But I, I made that choice that moving forward, we're just going to do that one super duper flex pro startup per season. So if, if you've reached out to me in the past about uh, if we're doing another startup, just know that that's kind of, that, that seems to be what our long-term plan is right now. And that's where we found a lot of these members right now. Uh, they're super active, competitive and, and fun leagues. And, and like, like you just said, half of the funds go to a, a charity of the winner's choice. So they're, they're a lot of fun, but I appreciate you putting this together, Tom. Uh, I'll try to find some time to do some rookie research so I can uh, be a little more helpful, but I, I'm going to go on record and say, hey, watching Burks right now, I don't know. He might be the next Jalen Rager. I hope I'm wrong. But Well, <laughs> I, I'm immediately I'm, I'm tempted to make a uh, Traylon Burks versus uh, Jalen Rager tattoo bet, but after <laughs> after it looks like I'm barely going to uh, scrape by on this uh, this Bateman versus Kadiris Tony, I better, I better just keep my mouth shut and um, just remind the listeners to keep it flexy. 